0: How do we make critical thinkers? How do we get people right. to get out of their own ways and say, yes, we have X equals Y, but sometimes it's Z and sometimes it's five and sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas. So,
1: you know. Welcome back to the Prospecting Show, where each week we talk about tips, tricks, and methods for growing an amazing small business pipeline. I'm your host, Dr. Connor Robertson, and on this podcast, you can expect segments on communication, sales prospecting and closing. Thank you to everyone who has supported my 100 episodes and 100 days goal going into 2020. Enjoy the show. Today we have on the podcast, uh, Matthew DeMond, Dr. Matthew DeMond, and he is a chiropractor. Uh, and just to give everyone a little bit of background, we met at New York Chiropractic, uh, somewhere between 2015 and 2017, he was a clinical advisor to me. Super great guy. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking some time out of your day today.
0: Absolutely, glad to (laughs) to be able to give back to a former student.
1: Absolutely. So maybe give give the listeners a little bit of background on your chiropractic experience. Where did you come from? How did you get into chiropractic? And then what are you doing in the clinical or clinical educator space now?
0: So, my story, I think, is kind of fun and unique in that. I'm I'm actually a third generation chiropractor. Wow! My my grandfather uh, was a chiropractor. My aunt and uncle are chiropractors, and I have a cousin who's a chiropractor as well. Wow! So, you know it, it, that that's certainly something that I was it, I was exposed to my whole life, and you know after I went through the normal undergraduate process and got some degrees, um, I, I always knew I wanted to work in the health space. But I wasn't sure exactly in what capacity. So I worked in EMS for the better part of a decade, and it, it was it was in that it was actually in that job where you know the story I say is I got tired of seeing people on their way out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> so uh, you know, after seeing that year after year, I went. You know, let me let me let me start looking into other fields. I I really don't think medicine's a good fit for me. I don't want to work. Um, you know, with people who are really just hanging on to life, I really wanted to improve the quality of their life. Right. So having the the, the family upbringing that I did, chiropractic kind of seemed like a natural choice. So when I applied to chiropractic school, I, I went to a few and, you know, got accepted to a couple of them. And, and I ultimately ended up landing on NYCC because part of that interview process, what what I found in myself was that when they asked why I wanted to be a chiropractor, it kind of, it really dawned on me that I don't want to be a chiropractor. I want to teach chiropractors. <laughs> okay. So, so I had this this little bit of a realization moment as I was really getting into it that, you know, not, not only was I drawn to healthcare, but I was really drawn to the education of health practitioners. Right. And over the next four years, not only did I focus my efforts on, becoming a chiropractor, but I also focus my, ed- my efforts on really becoming an educator.
1: Right, right. So- and so do you think that was a different approach for you? So a lot of people probably go to chiropractor school thinking that they're going to be uh, a practicing, you know, chiropractor and they're going down that pathway and they're really focusing clinical and not so much on how to teach other people. Right. So with you going through the program with that different kind of pivot mindset, what do you think, uh, was different for you? Did you, did you approach classes differently? Did you do things differently? Like, I mean, I know you're, you're different in general, the way you do things, which is great. But in that particular instance, how did you treat school differently? Do you think? Uh, with you know, your I, mindset?
0: I think that's a great question. You know, the, the, the mindset of the person who, you know, wants to help people is great because you want to help people. But m- my mindset was, I want to help people help people. So it was almost like a second order kind of thing. And I thought, I'm not going to be able to do this unless I really have ownership of everything that I'm trying to learn here. Right. So, so, so I think it really was a, a motivating tool that let me go to every single one of my classes, every one of my labs. Um, it, it led me to, you know, write for the school paper, get involved in research projects and just really grab the reins and move, move hard, uh, into everything that the, that the program had to offer.
1: And and given that you were, you know, you went into the program as a student, and then you were an educator there, what did you see differently in that, you know, I know it may be a shorter period of time, but what what did you see differently in chiropractic transitioning very quickly there? You know, you're a student, you got to sit and have other people, you know, kind of give you that knowledge, give you that expertise, and then very quickly you flipped it and said, okay, well, now I'm the person who's going to disseminate that knowledge. How did you find that transition? Was it easy? Was it hard? Was it fast? Was it long? Like, how did it kind of change your, you know, how did it change over time?
0: Well, I think to to start because the mentality going into the program was, that was my end goal. Uh, you know, one of the things that I did over four years was I made it a point to be a tutor and okay. you know, pretty much every course, after I finished any and every course, I went back and offered, you know, tutoring services in those classes. And after four years, uh, I kind of joked with everybody that I had tutored every class uh, possible by the time I was done. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, so, you're right. So whenever, so when I graduated, you know, the opportunity to teach wasn't immediate. I actually went and practiced as an independent contractor first, okay. um, for my now wife to graduate from her program. And, you know, just kind of in a, you know, cosmic alignment manner. Right, uh, right. (laughs) I got the opportunity to come back uh, to NYCC very quickly and work as a graduate associate, which was, you know, honestly, I think NYCC did a really nice job of bringing in a new graduate and pairing them in courses and with instructors, you know, as a graduate assist to, to really help facilitate and foster that growth as an educator.
1: Right. Right. And so what do you think about, you know, there, there's some instructors out there or some educators that have been doing it for 30 years. Right. And that could be in chiropractic or any profession, right. It doesn't really matter. They've been teaching for 30 years. What do you think the differences, right? So you got experience and then you have like the kind of new age up and coming kind of mindset. How do you see those two kind of crossing with each other when you have 50 staff members or a hundred staff members working together? Do you see that as valuable, invaluable? Like where, where, what's your stance
0: on that? You, you know, I, I, so i would i would actually say there's as much as i'd want there to be a difference what i what i find is that there actually isn't a difference you know the the people who come in whether it's their first year or their 30th year teaching you know it's it's really about you know what like what what their what their purpose is what's driving them and i've seen first year instructors who are just not motivated to be good teachers you know they are there's that, there's that adage of those who can, can, and those who can't teach. Right. right. And you know, you ask any educator about that adage and we're very quick to say, no, that's not true.
1: Right. (laughs) Um,
0: You know, but, but, but there's a reason that exists and it's because you get those people from industry who come to teach because they get burned out or can't make it or whatever the reason And they're not very good teachers. So the motivation is very different. And then you, you, you see those similar patterns in the 30 year instructor, who is just checked out, you know, they, right. they do they're it done they yeah. paid that check and it's done. So, so,
1: you, so also, you want to roll back just a little bit. So, so you're talking about the adage of the, the new instructor and the old instructor, right? So what, what, you know, how does that change though? Right. So you said that you don't think there's a real big difference between the, the, the two of them because it's either you like teaching and you're good at it or you're not right. That's really what it is. Not about how long you've been doing it is kind of what I'm hearing.
0: Right. So yeah, the two, the two examples are, you know, you, you see those people who are fresh from industry, fresh from practice who come in because they're, you know, burned out, tired or otherwise, and you know, their, their heart's not in it. So they're not very good instructors. And then you also see those 30 year doctors who are educators who are just largely checked out and kind of, kind of done with it. Fortunately, right. on the other end of the spectrum, you get those first year, uh, those, those first-year educators who are just, they're, they're hungry. You know, they want to make that big impact. They're really motivated to do well. Um, they learn as much as they can in pedagogy and teaching, and you know, they, they really look at classroom design and develop, uh, and develop new concepts. But you know, fortunately, that's also not lost on some of the 30-year pract- uh, uh, educators who have that same passion. Right,
1: right, right. They could still have that. They could still be experienced and passionate, or they—they're really kind of mutually exclusive items, right? The length of time teaching and the and the quality of your your skill set or quality of teaching or your passion really independent and items. And, I, and I'd say I definitely agree with you on that. Now, what do you think about the structure of education, though? Right. So, like, one of the things that I noticed going through—not necessarily just NYCC's program, but just school in general—is there's there's very much. I say X and you say Y type approach, right? And then everybody goes through these programs, right? I went to school in Canada, so I got to have the Canadian education system and the US education system. And there are tons of differences, but one thing that's the exact same is I say X, you say Y across the board, right? Now, my problem with that is that I don't think that that's very realistic or practical long-term, right? Because like I, if, if X doesn't exist, you, you, do, you can't give any answer. You don't have anything to match it to. So how do you think you know, in your experience of education and your experience of how you teach people, how do you get around that X and Y one-to-one relationship?
0: So you, I mean, you have a little bit of personal insight to that comment because having worked with me, you, you know how I try to break that down. <laughs> right, 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 right.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But for, for the people who maybe don't, haven't seen kind of the way you interact with people, what, you know, what would you say your kind of focus is? How do you break that apart for people than that, that one-to-one relationship?
0: Well, so, so the first thing I would say is, you know, you really just have to respect it as a process. You know, a lot of education requires that you have certain understandings and that you can, you can pass certain metrics to guarantee that, you, you know, you are who you say you are and you've received the education that you've received. You know, case in point, to become any licensed healthcare provider, you have to pass a board exam right and that's just a minimum competency standard that every healthcare provider has to pass and if you don't know for this x there is that y you don't get to be licensed Sorry. right 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 so, so there, there's a little bit of a teaching to the test or getting you through a board process that that needs to be acknowledged but once you've landed and and generated kind of a foundational skill set the the next step is really that that is what it, at like the college level and in higher education, we really want to focus on, and that's how do we make critical thinkers? How do we get right. people to get out of their own ways and say, yes, we have X equals Y, but sometimes it's Z and sometimes it's five and sometimes yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas, <You> know, <laughs> yeah. whatever that answer happens to be. So so one of the, one of the things I, I'll do in my classes is I'm very transparent and I say, look, gang, the first thing we're gonna do is you need to know that X equals Y. But but when we're done with that, I'm going to challenge you every step of the way.
1: Right. And 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 do you think that, you know, I, I was thinking about this before we did the session, I was writing down some notes about, you know, things to ask you or, or comments, things I remember from our, our previous kind of engagements. And you're a big why guy, right? So I, I know I, I can speak to these specific scenarios of we do research papers, or we do some study that we're looking at, or we're doing some clinical protocol or whatever it is and then we get to the end of it and then you throw the why right it's like well why did we do that right we 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 know how we did it and we know what we did but why did we do it and i think that throws a lot of people for a loop right they don't under, they don't really know why they do it they just kind of go Well, I was taught that way, or someone told me to do that. So how do you think that students or not even just chiropractic students across the board, how can they take that different mindset and be asking themselves why all the time? Because that's not built into people for some reason.
0: Yeah. (laughs) So, so let me maybe try to address it in a couple of different parts. First, first, you know, asking yourself why is important because it helps give you that direction. You know, and more often than not, that's that's that critical question that's missing from so much of our intents is, you know, wh- why do we do things? You know, we don't want to go from our day to day and just do it because it's what we did last time or what worked last time. And you know, when when that works, you know, that's that's nice. But in general, we're not we're not on a factory line where everything has to be the same the same right. pressed. And when you ask. Know somebody in that position, well, why are you doing this? The answer is, well, because I need to do it the exact same so that you know the end result is the same, same because but the but the why there is it needs to be the same,
1: right? Well, let's let's, what if we frame it another way, right? What if we frame it and say, do you think that the asking the question why can be taught? Can you teach people to ask that, or are they either just born with it? You know, do some people like you and I just say, we want to know why for everything. It's why, why, why you see these, these kids, you know, you you give them a a rule and then they go, why, right? You see, you know, a five-year-old kid running around. Why can't I do this? Why can't they ask that inherently? But then as you go through a higher education, even, even just standard education, people stop asking why they just go, yes, yes. Okay. Perfect. I'll write that down next time. Yes. Right. But the why, comes back with certain people like you and I how do we get that to other people so that we don't have just yes people all the time or just i do x and y how do we get
0: that yeah no so that's that's a that's 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 a great that's a great way to uh, you know start that conversation you know in that everybody's born with a natural curiosity about the world you know we we look at things for the first time and you know we we want to know more we we naturally investigate our surroundings and you know to some extent the way that the education system is developed unfortunately really kind of works that out of you. It right. it, take, it takes that question away and says, well, regardless of what you think, here's what you need to know because we say so. So K right. through 12 in the States, you know, we teach you, you have to, you have to learn these things, you have to meet these standards. And then now we know that you know enough information to you know, move forward. Right. But you know, once, once you get past that point, it's, you know, who are the interesting people in, in the world? Who are the ones that are, you, you know, changing uh, changing the landscape of all of the different varied fields? It's, it's the ones that don't settle for the education that's put right in front of them, but rather right. say, well, this doesn't make sense. Why am I learning it this way? Right, and, right. you know, it, it's a question that, you know, as as we're looking to develop critical thinkers, we absolutely need to make sure we're instilling a sense of curiosity in the person so I think it's so I think about when it comes to teaching somebody you know how to address the why in their life it's it's really about showing them how to remain curious how to have a growth mindset how to be more deliberate in what they're doing so that you know they're thinking about the broader picture and not doing it just because
1: Right, right. And do you think that, you know, now that you've been through multiple high-level education institutions, both as a student and as an, an educator yourself, do you think that the school system is developing people to not ask why, for the most part? Do you think that there's this compliance in just saying, do do this all the time to get the same result because there's an exam because there's a test because we want you to answer it this way do you think the system's just designed that way and that's the way it's going to be successful or do you think there's room for improvement on on that because i think some people would say that that's just the way it is and that's the way it should be is you know if i say the answer is a the answer is a and that's just the way it is
0: Mm -hmm. so so i think you know primary school does that a little bit but almost out of necessity you know you can't let a 12 year old you know have like be as so mindful when it comes to things like mathematics sure you need to have a you need to have foundational knowledge absolutely certain subjects so that once you once you have a foundation from which to move from now you can start to see what those barriers are and and, and expand and, and move forward